the Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 23rd, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. This week marks the 51st anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision that established the federal right to abortion, which was overturned in 2022. Our Suzanne Potter reports a Ms. Magazine investigation looks at the case of nine people convicted in clinic invasion who are being prosecuted as part of a conspiracy against civil rights. In October 2020, the group forced its way into a clinic in Washington, D.C., harassed patients, and chained themselves together to block entry. Ms. Magazine reporter Amanda Robb says prosecutors established that the clinic violence was coordinated in advance. A lot of times when there is anti-abortion violence, the perpetrator is portrayed as a lone wolf, crazy actor that just went off the rails about abortion. This is the first time a group has been charged with conspiracy. Members of the group were convicted last year under the Freedom to Access Clinic Entrances, or FACE Act, but they have not yet been sentenced. The extra conspiracy charge could add 10 years to each person's time. Text messages introduced at trial proved that organizers planned the event well ahead of time and sought out people willing to face arrest. During the Trump administration from 2016 to 2020, the number of reported trespassing incidents at abortion clinics increased from about 250 to more than 1,200. Now from the New York Post, the federal trial deciding how much Donald Trump could owe Eugene Carroll was postponed Monday because of a sick juror and the ex-president's lawyer being exposed to COVID. Minutes after Trump arrived in the courthouse where he'd been expected to testify later in the day, the judge sent all parties home. Meantime, lawmakers in New Hampshire considering legislation to better protect election workers from harassment and intimidation. The Justice Department reports a significant increase in the threat of violence against these workers after former President Donald Trump and his allies began spreading false claims about voter fraud. Democratic State Representative Ellen Reed says the bill aims to clarify laws for election workers already on the books. We want them to know that we have their backs, that they feel safe and supported in those roles as they go about very important official duties. Reed says the bill would make it illegal to post election workers' personal information online with the intent to threaten them. Current law only considers these threats to election workers when they are at their polling location. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. At least 15 states have passed legislation to better protect election officials since January 2022, usually with a bipartisan backing. This is Public News Service. In a 5-4 to four vote, the Supreme Court ruled Monday Border Patrol agents can resume cutting razor wire that the state of Texas installed on the U.S.-Mexico border while a lawsuit over its legality continues. It is a win for the Biden administration over the Lone Star State's immigration enforcement. ACLU of Texas senior staff attorney David Donati and he has witnessed how that U.S. Constantino wire can harm migrants. I've been on the border and I have seen the concertina wire. And I've not only seen the concertina wire, I've seen families separated by the concertina wire. It really just defies all common sense and it defies all humanity. As to respond, a spokesman for Texas Governor Greg Abbott said he will continue to defend Texas property and its constitutional authority to secure the border. Next to North Carolina, where health equity is becoming a top priority, 
As Medicaid undergoes changes, people across the state are experiencing updates, which means some will transition to managed care, while others may lose their coverage. Many people will also become eligible for Medicaid for the first time. These updates are things health advocates say can worsen existing disparities. To address this issue, Madison Allen with the KP Reynolds Charitable Trust explains they are collaborating with local organizations to amplify feedback and address the problems. Some of the issues we've heard about from grantees include, you know, challenges associated with enrolling or disenrolling from plans, challenges with inadequate provider network, problems accessing transportation, confusing appeal processes. In addition, she says grantees have found cases where people with disabilities have not been accommodated. Allen emphasizes that the groups and researchers they support are actively working as intermediaries between the community and the programs to ensure people receive the benefits they deserve. She Tia Hudson reporting. And the New York Heat Act is again making its way through the state legislature. The bill aims to phase out gas line extension allowances and gives the Public Service Commission authority to keep utility companies in line with the state's climate laws. In previous years, the bill has gotten far, clearing the state Senate chamber in 2023. Much of the bill is in Governor Kathy Hochul's 2025 budget proposal, but Anshul Gupta with New Yorkers for Clean Power says gas utilities are spreading misinformation about the bill. The most common one is that our electrical infrastructure, our electrical grid, cannot handle the load of shifting the heating space and water heating from gas to electricity. He notes this stems from a report showing the electrical grid could have trouble meeting summer peak load. Time Edwin J. Vieira. This is my Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here are some interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find your trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.